I love the house of the Lord. My life is the house of the Lord. I feel like David when he said, I was glad. Somebody say, I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. It's a very busy time. I've warned you one other time, one more time, should I say, during this holiday season, don't forget the reason for it all. Don't forget why we're here. Don't forget what we're doing. Don't forget what it's all about. Amen. Hallelujah. Last week we started a little series on come to worship, and we took our text last week from the story of Jesus' birth, the beginning of Matthew chapter 2, so I'll read a little bit again from there this evening, and we'll continue. Last week, we talked about lifting our hands. I believe that it's biblical, and it's right, and it's good to lift our hands. Amen? Lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. I'll tell on her she's here and I won't embarrass her, but Shelly came down the next morning. I heard her praying in her room upstairs, and she came down and she said, Uncle Danny, I just did what you said last night, and I put my hands up, and I said, I'm not taking my hands down till I get what I need. And I want to tell you, she got a great experience with the Lord in that bedroom on Thursday morning. So lifting your hands gets God's attention. You're surrendering, and you're also worshiping. Amen. Matthew 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born, I'm not reading the King James Version. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. We've come to worship him. If you go down to the ninth verse, let me pause right there and just say this to you. When they came before King Herod and said, we've come to worship him, Herod panicked because he was king, and he didn't want another king. Go study the story of Jesus' birth, and you'll find out that uh, it, it, it was a miracle within itself that Jesus survived because they killed a bunch of baby boys trying to get the king of the Jews, but they didn't get the king of the Jews because the Lord sent them to another country. And he was so shrewd in what he said to those wise men he said, he said, tell me when you find him so I can worship him too. But he really wasn't wanting to worship Jesus. In verse 9, the Bible said, and they heard, and they had heard the king, they went on their way. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, let, let me just give you a little history right quick about what we're going to talk about tonight because these wise men, now we always say three wise men, but the Bible doesn't say three wise men. We really don't know how many there were. 
we just have that in all our programs. I guess somebody had a program one time run out of wise men, so they just had three, and that's what we've kind of stuck with. I don't know. But nevertheless, there was, there was nothing in the Bible that said it was three wise men, but we just always say three wise men. But they traveled from Persia, and in modern day, where there is, where that is now, it would be Iran, 900 miles. I mean, it wasn't like they caught a jet and zipped over to where Jesus was. They were traveling as they did in those days with perhaps camels and by foot. And 900 miles they had traveled. 900 miles. That's twice the width of Europe. They traveled to find this Jesus, King of the Jews. Verse, verse 10 says this, when they saw the star, and I want you to notice this tonight, they were overjoyed. Somebody say overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then, then they opened their treasures and, and per- presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I, I, want, I want to zero in on that word overjoyed because that's, that's where we're going to spend a little time tonight. There's, there's several Greek words. As a matter of fact, there's four different Greek words for the word overjoyed. But one translation says this, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Another translation says, with a humongous big joy. They came to give their gifts to the Lord. You, you start talking about the joy of the Lord. There's a lot in the scripture about being joyful. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Anybody ever read that scripture? Make a joyful noise. Uh, there's some Christians, so-called Christians, that are not overjoyed. They're underjoyed. They act like they're mad at the world all the time. To smile would break their face. One fellow said, if you are really happy, would you please tell your face? Because your face don't know it yet. I want to tell you, when we serve the Lord, we ought to be overjoyed. I'm overjoyed tonight that God answers prayer. I'm overjoyed tonight that He's got great grace and great mercy, and I'm really overjoyed that I'm in the presence of God tonight. What a joy to be able to walk into a church and feel the presence of God. Is anybody overjoyed tonight? Overjoyed. You know what the Bible, I'm not going to spend too long here, but it's worth saying here this evening. To, to have the joy of the Lord. You know what the Scripture said about the joy of the Lord? Now, 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 let me make sure you understand me. Happiness comes from happenings. But the joy of the Lord is deep inside you. When death comes, you don't lose the joy of the Lord. When trials come, you don't lose the joy of the Lord. When tri- tribulation comes, you don't you lose the joy of the Lord. The joy, I'm going to give you scripture, the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Wow. That's why we got a bunch of weak folks in, in, in the spirit sometimes. Come to church with your lip dragging the carpet. They ain't nothing. That's not real proper English, is it? But they ain't nothing worse than being in town and seeing a so-called Christian that dreads it. How you doing, brother? No, living for God and mad about it. Well, we got to go to church tonight. You ain't got to do nothing. We got to be at church this weekend. No, you don't. You are you are an American citizen, and you can make choices, whatever. But you ought to be overjoyed that you're in the house of the Lord. You ought to have the joy of the Lord just leaping inside of you tonight, because to be overjoyed is what scriptural. Well, these wise men, the Bible said, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed, so joyful that they traveled 900 miles to find this Christ child, this Savior that was being born. And they, they followed the star to Bethlehem's manger. And when they came, then they, they bowed down and, and worshipped him. Well, isn't that a, 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 an awesome thing? That, and, and I think probably we'll deal with that in the next week or so about bowing down and giving God honor. But, but listen to me right now. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, and there's, there's all kind of things out there, but if you study, the scholars say that gold stood for his kingship, and frankincense stood for his priestly role. And, and of course, myrrh, it was, it was used in embalming. That was symbolic of his death. I don't know all of that, but the wise men gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they offered their worship, and they came with great joy. They didn't give it griping. They didn't give it complaining. They gave it because they had found the Christ child. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk a little bit to you tonight. When you bring your gifts of worship to God, you ought to bring them with a joyful heart. The Bible never says, the never, it never says for us to be sorrowful in our worship. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye people. So, so what I've come to talk to you tonight about is when we say come to worship. We talked about lifting hands, but tonight... We're going to talk about giving to God, giving of ourselves, giving of our, of our talents, giving of our abilities, giving of our money. Some are saying right now, oh no, another giving message. Oh no. You know who's saying that? People that don't give. Because giving message don't bother me. They don't make me guilty because I'm, I give. Do I give enough? Probably not. You probably don't either. But we give what we can. And, and, and you know, I, I want to tell you that, that giving is a, it's a message of love. Giving, or givers, should I say, love giving. 
uh, there's two kind of people in a church, and two kind of people in the world. There's givers and there's takers. There's some folks that will drain you. There's others that are constantly giving. I had a little tap on my door tonight, and and and, and it was Dub Dykus. And he had a bag full of stuff. He said, Merry Christmas. I said, oh, Jesus, help us, Lord. Here's those pound cakes again. And he brought in some, some other stuff for some other people. I tell you what I did. I went ahead and sampled theirs, Jeff's, namely. Me and Arlene found that. We just went ahead and took some of his. But Michelle and Dub are givers. Others are givers. I, I just said that because that's tonight. Every time I think I'm doing good, Carolyn Cupid makes those chocolate things with peanuts. Every, think I'm, every, every time I think I'm over the hump, here comes Leecher Smack Nab and Bruce is delivering a half a carload. I like those kind of people. Givers. But giving says, I love you. I, uh, I did. If you go back and study through history, you'll, you'll find out that in worship it was always giving. Well, it's not only that way in worship. You give what to what you love. Your, your money and your checkbook tells where your heart is. How do I know that? Because the Bible said where a man's treasure is, what does it say? That's where his heart is, where your treasure, that means, that means your money. Where you put your money is where your heart's at. Don't get quiet on me now. See, when I, when I, was, when I was just a, a boy and I, I saw this little brown-eyed girl, and she was a pretty thing, and I fell in love with her early. And I, I intended on marrying her from the time I can remember. And I did. And still am. But let me tell you something. She's here tonight. I'm embarrassing her right now. But from the time I was a boy, I've given everything I could give to Betty Early. Because I love her. Valentines don't roll around. Guys, you get a good lesson. Valentines don't roll around without me buying her something. Anniversary don't roll around without me buying her something. Don't even have to be a special day. One time I, I just was sitting thinking today, and uh, we, we, we were just young. We was riding down the road, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't remember how many kids we had at that time. It wasn't, wasn't all of them, I'm pretty sure, but... Uh, the, we passed a car lot, and she said, oh, that's a beautiful van. I ain't never owned a van. Didn't intend on a van. I said, you like that? She said, yeah. I didn't say nothing. I just went over the next morning and bought it. So you got a lot of money. No, I'm like David Masters. I got good credit. And what's good credit if you ain't using it? What he told me, Debbie, that's what he told me when he pulled up that van. I said, son, you must be making a lot of money. He said, no, I got good credit. It ain't better good if you ain't using it. 
So I just went and bought it for her. That's been 40 years ago or more. You know what? It's still the same way 47 years after I've been married 47 years. She knows this, and I'm confessing. Boy, it might get me in deep trouble here tonight. But see, love makes you give. It makes you give whatever you can. Now, I'm not telling you you've got to go buy a van for your wife. Okay, that's that's. But the deal was I could, and I did, and that's not the only thing. Now, I'm going to tell you, she, she, she knows how to manipulate you. You okay, Betty? But the facts are, because I love her, I give. Guess what? I learned at a very tender age that if you love God, you give to God. And when I started giving to God, I've never, never outgiven God. See, I, I, I just want you to understand that what these wise men did was they gave overjoyed. Romans 5 and 8, no, let me, let me back up a little bit. John 3.16, I preached in that scripture the first Sunday of December here. And I preached the reason for Christmas, and it was simply this. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's John 3.16. I'll tell you what, I hope that writing up there is bigger than this. I can't see that. But uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why did he give his only son? Somebody tell me. Because he loved the world. For no other reason did God give his only begotten son except that he loved the world. And if you go to Romans 5 and 8, it said, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. I'm telling you tonight that the only reason we are here and the only reason we exist as a church or as a family or as an individual is because God loved us enough. You know why I'm in this pulpit? God loved me first. I didn't love him first. He loved me first. He loved me when I didn't know him. He loved me before I ever got here. Hallelujah. The Bible said he, we love him because he loved us. Hallelujah. But when, when he found me and when he saved me and when he brought me in, I fell in love with him. And when I fell in love with him, I fell in love with him from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I, I fell in, in love with him with all of my faculties, what little bit of talent I have, what little bit of ability I have, what little bit of money I have. It all belongs to him. Hallelujah. i got to read you a scripture, and you've heard it many, many times, and, and most of you here can quote it, but, but let's look at it tonight. In Proverbs 3 and, and 5, the wise, men, the wise man wrote this. He said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, the original says, or King James Version said, Acknowledge him. Here it says, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not. Now listen, we, sometimes we stop right there, and that's all we, we read. 
In all your ways acknowledge him, him and he will direct your paths. But listen, verse 7. It said, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Somebody say, fear the Lord. And shun evil. He said, fear the Lord and shun evil. But he didn't even stop there. He said, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. But watch what he said in verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits. Could somebody say that real loud? First fruits. The first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And your vats will brim over with new wine. If you, if you study first fruits, it doesn't mean last fruits. It doesn't mean maybe. It's first fruits. Malachi said in his writing in the Old Testament to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The storehouse would be the church. This is where we get fed. This is where we get strength. This is where we get spiritual direction. This is the storehouse. Bring your tithe, he said, into the storehouse. And then he talks about blessing, how God will open up the windows of heaven and pour on you a blessing you can't contain. I, I, you know, January, I, I'll, I'll probably talk about some of this. But let me, let me tell you what, and I may preach the same sermon over because it was so good. Not because I preached it, but because it's biblical. The Bible tells us that when we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. When we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully. Malachi said... Try, you know what? This is the only place I found in the Scripture where the Lord said, try me. He said, try me. Try me. Just test me and see if I won't do what I'm telling you I'll do. Is there anybody in this room that can testify here tonight when you give God first fruits because you love Him that he will, you, your barns are overflowing and your vats of wine will be full. He said, trust. Somebody say that word with me. See, here, here's the deal. And, and, and look, I know it's Christmas time. I didn't, I didn't blame him. He pulled this series out. I'm just teaching it. But here, here, here's the deal. But, Pastor, man, Christmas is upon us. My bills due. My notes are due. I just don't see how I can give this month. Well, then, you know, taxes roll around. Then it's vacation time. Mickey Mouse gets all our money because he did. You can always find an excuse not to give to God. You can always find a reason not to give to God. But when you love Him, when you really love Him, this is His kingdom. This is His call. See, it's it's just sometimes sometimes not for me. I, I really I, I 
<laughs> my wife says, it just always embarrasses me when you have to preach back to me. Well, it never embarrasses me. But I've been paying tithes since I was knee high to a puddle duck. I don't make apologies for one thing God has blessed me with. Because let me tell you something. Everything he blessed me with, he's getting a tenth of it back. That's a pretty good deal. You know, God says, here, you take 90, I'll take 10. I would rather live on 90% that's blessed than 100% that's not blessed. Think about that one. I'd rather live on 90% that's blessed than 100% that's not blessed. And when you refuse to give to the king, when you refuse to give with great joy the first fruits, you take blessing off your life. The Bible said, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over will men give into your bosom. Not God give into your bosom. Men will give it to your bosom. People are going to bless you. Whew. That's good stuff right there because it's biblical. But trust is where it's at. See, here's where faith comes in. Okay, God, I'm giving you the first fruits and then I'm trusting you. But giving to God has to have a measure of faith because sometimes we don't have what in our normal thinking and in reality, we just say, I can't afford to. But see, my thinking after living for God all these years and knowing what I know is I can't afford not to. Y'all with me? Hallelujah. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Bring Him your first fruits. Then your barns are going to overflow. Everything's going to be all right. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's called faith. And it's called trust. That's what the church is made up of. You trust God enough and trust His Word enough to say, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. And when I do this, the ball is in God's court, not yours. And God has never told a lie that I can find. Everybody with me? So when those guys come to give gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they did it overjoyed, I wonder, I wonder sometimes if God's not looking down on us and, and, and watching our attitude of giving. Our attitude. When we bring our gift to the Lord, I wonder if He don't look down and see if there's a real joy about this. Or are you kind of like, good night. Here's my check. Huh? I'll tell you what He likes. You ready? He likes cheerful giving. He likes for you to give Him what is rightfully His. Now, now let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go over this again because some of you haven't been here long enough to hear me say this, but I want you to hear me tonight. How much of our income belongs to God? Ah, somebody shout it loud. All of it. God gives us 90% and He just says, give me 10 and I'll give you 90, but it all belongs to Him. Pretty good deal, isn't it? 
That's God's system for the church. I was telling our, I was telling our leadership group the other night, our department head, should I say, um, Sunday evening, had a little meeting with them, and, and, and I told them, I said, I don't even understand how everything has happened the way it has in 2019. We entered this year, we, we, we owed close to $100,000 on this wing of the building that we redone, spent about 350000 We still owed, I think it was $85,000 or somewhere in that neighborhood. And, and a few months ago, God just blessed us, and I just said, wrote a check, sent it to the bank. The banker said, what are you doing? I said, I'm paying that off. He said, I don't want you to pay it off. I said, I want to pay it off. Paid that baby off. We needed a little work down in the men's dorm, so Brother Jesse got his guys together and went down there. We spent about seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars down in, in Togo on the boys' dormitory. Go check, paid it off. We needed all the sound and, and the lights and all that. We, we we needed a bunch of new stuff and, and I spent up here twenty five thousand dollars. Wrote a check, paid it off. Wrote it all off. Didn't have to borrow money. All it was. So we got to friend day, and I thought, okay, we, they, you know, the friend day, they always want something new. And so they said, we want this screen, and we want this, and we want that, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. And uh, when they were all through with me, it was about 50000 50-something thousand dollars. I was thinking, okay, here's where i got to go get that line of credit. But guess what? When it was all over, I just... Go to check, paid it off. Are we rich? No, we're blessed. But guess what else I do? Every month I write that check to missions, to foreign missions. I write that check. I write that check to, to home missions. I write that check to the to the we give from this church too. But God honors that. God honors that. I got a little letter. I got a little letter a few days ago from, from the headquarters and it blew my mind. And I, I can't remember the dates exactly, but over the last few years it said, thank you, you have given over $650,000 to missions. We don't make a big deal about that around here, but this is a giving church. And guess what? God don't overlook that. So, I, you know, when we need some, I just say, Lord, whatever you got, you, you make a way and we'll do that. Now, we like everything right around here, and God likes everything right. And we don't want to be filled with pride, but we, there ain't nobody got better than we got. But the facts are, God's blessed us because we bless Him. I'm telling you right now, when you come to worship, you come to give. You don't just give money, you give your energy. You give your hands. You give your feet. You give your life. You give your everything. Because that's what worship is all about. When you come to worship, let me tell you what we ought to start doing. We ought to start baptizing people's pocketbooks when we put them in the baptistry. Amen. Now, if you're not a giver, I'm not mad at you. I just realized you hadn't figured it out yet. Because I won't ever go hungry, and I won't ever go thirsty, and I won't ever be wanting. I'm going to help everybody that I can. The Scripture said, He that giveth to the poor, Ronnie Cup, you need to hear this, shall not lack. Why does he need to hear that? Because he's always giving, and he's not going to lack. God's going to keep blessing Cubs Automotive. 
God's going to keep blessing my business. God's going to keep blessing your business. Because when you start giving, God starts blessing. Anybody believe that? Come on now. I'm preaching truth here right now. Am, am, am I on, am I just preaching to you about money? No. I'm preaching when they come, they bow down and they sit here. Here's our gifts. We come to offer you something because we we followed the star in the east. And we've come to worship the king. Hallelujah. Worship is giving. Somebody say worship is giving. Wor- that's part of it. Here's what the Bible said. God loves a cheerful giver. That's in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. Let me, let me just read 6 and 7. I'm Probably shouldn't, but I am. But this I say, Paul said this, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, somebody in this room say every man. That's every one of us. Every man, according as he, hath, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Now watch this, okay? Not grudgingly. Or even of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. He loves it. When those, you know, he was just a baby. Jesus Christ just a baby. But let me tell you something. It didn't go unnoticed what wise men did. Travel 900 miles and walk into a stable. And when they found him, they bowed. And they began to worship. And then they presented him gifts. Does anybody believe that giving is worship? When we receive an offering, it's worship. When you pay your tithing, it's worship. Giving of your talent is worship. I was thinking while they were up here singing, man, have we got some talent in this church? Lord have mercy. Thank you. All the people we got up here, being a better keyboard player in Louisiana than Toby Stanley. We got the very best. We, 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 we're blessed. But let me just tell you, the more we give, the more he counts in his worship. You want to stop the blessings of God? Stop giving to God. You want God to rain on you the blessings of God? Worship Him with your, with your giving. Here's my hands, Lord. Here's my feet. There's an old song that says something to this nature. I will give Him all. I will give you all. If all is what you ask of me, I will not withhold. And if my sacrifice is less than giving you my very best, let me remember Calvary's cost I will give you all. That's what it says. I will give you all. If all is what Than giving you 
very best. Let me remember Calvary's cross and be willing to say yes. Does anybody feel that way tonight? That's worship. That's worship. You know what? God loves that. God loves that. But I think about people so faithful, so faithful for so long, so many years. I walked in the prayer room tonight early. I thought I was early, but I didn't beat Sadie and Christine. Sister Sadie and Sister Christine Lawson were already there. Christine's praying my shoulders and on my shoulders. How old are you, Sister Christine? How old are you? Ninety in February. In the prayer room. How old are you, Sister Sadie? That, that a bad question? Y'all don't, you're to the, you, you, you just get to that place you don't care, don't you? 81. That's the first two people in the prayer room. And they're there every time. But here's why. Because years ago, they decided to give him everything. And I tell you one thing, there might not be no other, no other checks in the offering, but that little group right there. Those, those women that live on fixed incomes. They'll be there. we got to stand in judgment by a lot of giving folks. I'm not going to keep holding you, but I just want you to get it. Worship. When you say come to worship, you don't just come in here and be a taker. Be a giver. I'm not talking about just the money either. Say, here I am, Lord. Here's my life. I'm going to lay everything on the line for you right now. I love... Uh, I love new folks that come to this church. I shook hands Sunday morning with Gary Moore and Linda. Linda, I've been knowing all her life. Her daddy's a preacher. She knows this. She knows all about this. And Gary said, we love this church. And I'm going to tell you, we're all in. I love people like that. Here's what he told me. You call me at home. You call me whatever you need. I'm, I'm here. I'll do what I can for this church. Because here's why. Standing, everybody in the room, we'll just sing, I will give you all. I will give you all. If all is what you ask of me, I will not withhold. And if I sacrifice is less, than giving you my very best. Let me remember Calvary's cost and be willing. I want you to put your hand up all over this room. I will give you all. Say it to the Lord. I will give you all. If all is what you ask of me, I will not withhold. Giving you my very best. Let 
like this. I give all myself to you. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Oh, yes. Here I am. Just let your spirit feel the Holy Ghost in you right now. It's 8.01. It's okay. I want everybody in this room just put your hands up, close your eyes. You know this song. Sing it with me. Oh, here I worshiper. I want to be a worshiper. But I don't want to just raise my hands and worship. I don't want to just sing when the church sings to worship. I don't want to just worship on Sunday morning and worship on Wednesday night. I want to worship with all that I am. Worshiping on Monday. Worshiping on Tuesday. Worshiping when I'm driving down the road. Worshiping when I'm in my closet of prayer. Worshiping when I'm walking through my house. Worshiping when I'm on the deer stand. Worshiping when the offering comes by. Worshiping everything that I do. Here I am, Lord. I want to be a giver. I want to give everything that I can back to you today. I want to just give it all back to you today. I wouldn't have a dime in my pocket if it wasn't for God. I wouldn't be driving a good automobile if it wasn't for God. I wouldn't be living in a good house if it wasn't for God. I wouldn't have a thing to my name if it wasn't for God. That's why I say here I am, Lord. Yes, here I am. Sing it one last time. I give all myself. Let it move. 